This is one of those passages that's very, very familiar. We read it, we teach it. Luke 17. I'm going to begin with verse 11 and cover about 10 verses, and I'll share just a few thoughts about it. Beginning with verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And we saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. There are several things in this passage that I want to draw your attention to. Because the first thing that is evident is that Jesus had encountered a pitiful choir. Ten lepers standing at a distance, which they were required to do. But there was a choir singing this same song, and they were pitiful. They deserved to be pitied based on what had happened in their life. And they were singing this song together, Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. So we get this picture of this this group of ten men singing this very sad but common song. And the uniqueness of the story is not the present condition where they found themselves, The uniqueness of this story that we haven't found really anywhere else is that they were healed as they were going. What makes that unique? I share this because this is something that typically not understood in the services when we have ministry time or like last Sunday. What was the point? We could have gone through that message to men. We could have had that last challenge. We could have heard those questions, if not you, who, if not now, when, if not here, where. We could have encountered those questions. We could have ended that message and gone home. What was the point of having the men stand? What was the point of asking them to get past the normal boundaries that we, that we have and ask them to go encourage and speak to one another and embrace one another? What was the point? Someone needed to hear it. Someone needed to see it. Someone needed to be embraced. But the key in this, we find in this same story, because they were healed as they went. What was the as they went? It was obedience. You see, when there are moments of faith, God will call you to perform an action related to that faith. It's nice to be able to sit still and say, God, I have faith that you would do it. And God says, okay, if that's the truth, then what I want you to do is this, stick out your right arm. Because what God has done when he's standing there with Moses and God has fully planned to part the Red Sea, what did he tell Moses to do? What was the action of faith in that moment based on what God was asking him to do? Hold up the rod. You see, what what happened in that moment? There was an action attached to faith that released the power of God. We need to remember that. We need to recognize that when God calls in these moments, when I woke up at at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning, I knew that something needed to happen. 
And so I, I had this idea. I was going to put all the women on both sides. I was going to just put the men right here and, and all, just in all the front rows. And I realized, Randy, that's your idea. That has nothing to do with God, so don't do that. I was in the service when God gave me that final picture of having the men stand up. Because God is going to call us into that action of faith. You see, when he told these men to go, he says, go show the priest. That was the instruction. Go show the priest. So basically what he was telling us is, I want you to act as if you are already healed. I want you to begin right now to act as if what is about to happen had already happened. You're talking about the reality of what faith is supposed to look like. It's coming into agreement with what Jesus said because the only way that they would have ever even thought about going to the priest was if they had been healed. Healing would have been required first before they would have ever made a step to go to the priest and show themselves. So when they took the first step, what was their condition? They were still lepers. When they took their second step, they were still lepers. When they took their third step, they were still lepers. When they took their fourth step, they were healed. Somewhere in that journey, they were healed. How many times would it have been easy for them to be walking and looking down and say, Ooh, I've got to stop. But apparently, they walked to the point to where the healing came. I want to tell you that is miraculous and it's marvelous. It's a lesson that we badly need to learn about how God works, what faith does, what that action of faith requires and that we move as if those things had already happened. I want to tell you, we become the saddest, most miserable versions of ourselves because we don't believe what God has said he would already do. And we hear the whining version of Christianity so often because we don't believe that God has done, nor will he do, the absolute things he's already promised that he would do. It had to have been hard on those ten to take those first steps because it would have been so much easier, always easier on us, If my obedience was based on something that I had already seen, something tangible, they were not healed. They took their first steps, still as lepers, moving toward the priest with the expectation that somewhere between Jesus' instruction and their encounter with the priest that they would be healed. That's exactly what happened. Miraculous healing. Then, one of them, and he was the Samaritan, the most unlikely of the group to return because he was the wrong race, He was the wrong religion. He had the worst disease. Every reason not to turn back. But he does. And Jesus says, where are the nine? He had heard the choir sing. He heard the common cry of the song that they were singing. And he asked, where are the nine? Ingratitude. I want you to listen to this carefully. Ingratitude, really a true indication that something is missing. I want to make sure this point gets the appropriate weight. If we don't live now as people full of gratitude because of what God has already done in our life, because Jesus has come, because he has brought salvation, because he has bestowed grace so freely upon us, he's given us freedom, he establishes hope, he makes us righteous before him, he covers our sin, he removes our sin, he's promised eternity, he's given us heaven, And if we can't live right now as people of gratitude, what it says is there's nothing wrong with God. Something in me is still missing. One turned back. The other nine, ungrateful. We understand something is still missing in those nine lives. Were they miraculously healed? Absolutely. We read about it. We know what happened. And God did not take that back. But there was something unique about what happened 
when gratitude was actually there. His gratitude brought not only the healing, but it brought abundance and it brought blessing. God had moved on them physically, gave a powerful demonstration as he does with us about who he is, because somewhere we had to get introduced to a God that was powerful enough to remove our sin. Somewhere we had to be told that. Somewhere the Holy Spirit had to move on us just as, as Jesus moved here to bring an evidential proof that would build faith that, so that I could say at some point in my life, at eight years old, I want to turn my sin over to somebody that I trust. Something had to be demonstrated. I had to be taught and told about Jesus or I would have never done it. They had an encounter with Jesus and there was a manifestation of what God could do. But when we look at the, the rest of this story, in those last verses, let me begin with verse 17 again. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Your faith, your faith has made you whole. What did the gratitude do? What did the worship do? What did the falling down, it says the one thing that he probably did that he was very good at was he, he said, he praised God loudly. He said it to Jesus. He says it with all of his voice. When he began to fall at Jesus' feet and he began to praise him and there was this acknowledgement of what God had done, what did that faith, that gratitude that turned and brought back, what did it do for him? It made him whole. What did the ingratitude do in the rest of them? It left them broken. I want to tell you, when we live as people who don't understand gratitude, when we can't find within ourselves the ability on a day-to-day -day basis, even bigger than our circumstances, bigger than what's going on, if, if our hearts don't turn with gratitude toward God, something is still missing. I'm not telling us to go blindly and, and to rejoice in every awful circumstance that comes into our life, but I will tell you, based on some teaching I heard several years ago, that when's the best time to throw a party of rejoicing? Well, most of the time we would say it's when we receive the good news. Nope, the greatest time to throw that party is when we didn't get the good news. Because we begin to celebrate the reality of who God is and not, what he, not just what he does for us. That's what this one man was recognizing. Everybody else saw Jesus as somebody who did something great for them. This one person turned back to praise God for who he is. The ingratitude that we see here is the leprosy of our soul. Leprosy was something that affected them physically. But the ingratitude was the leprosy of the soul, of the mind, and of the heart. It eats away at the inside. You know people that aren't grateful? I guarantee you, it's like they have a gnawing cancer inside of them that eats them away. And they seem to find themselves growing more and more miserable. It destroys happiness. It cripples our joy. It withers our compassion. It paralyzes our praise, and it leaves us numb with no expectations. This is just the way it is. That's the phrase. This is just my life. This is the way it is. One came back grateful, and he received a blessing, and God made him whole. The other nine received a miracle and went away still as broken inside as they were before. And I promise you, there will be a new choir of nine singing a new song of misery before very long. They might have been healed physically, but a new song will, will emerge because the ingratitude will cause them to sing a new song equally broken.